0: Good morning and welcome to Edmonton Food Bank. I'm Marjorie Benz, I'm Executive Director of Edmonton's Food Bank and we're so pleased to have you join us today. We respectfully acknowledge that we are on the land of um, the Treaty 6 which is home of the First Nations, Inuit and many Metis people. Indigenous people share a sacred relationship with the land and this land acknowledgement is our first chance in learning about and respecting history as well as action towards reconciliation. This morning when I came down to reception, as you know how the rumor mill happens, one of my volunteers said, oh, what time is the Prime Minister arriving this morning? Um, So I have some very wonderful guests that are going to join us today, not the Prime Minister, but equally important people in our community. We're honored to have the Minister of um, Seniors, Community and Social Services, Jason Nixon joining us, as well as I'm also pleased to have my good friend Shawna Bissell from Food Banks Alberta, and the CEO of Calgary Food Bank, Melissa Frum. We do our work in our community because of the support of donors and volunteers. We do our work can by can, and dollar by dollar. We appreciate the support from the Alberta government as we provide our important services in the community. Edmonton Food Bank is a central warehouse that collects and redistributes food to over 300 schools, soup kitchens, shelters, food depots, and community groups. In August, we serve 37,400 people through our hamper programs alone, which is a record high for our organization. We have 67 depots located throughout Edmonton where people access hamper programs. While we're best Known about our work with hamper programs and hamper recipients, we offer a number of services in our community. We offer food to shelters like Hope Mission and Hope Mission comes into our organization up to three times a day picking up food for their programs. We also have a Beyond Food program which helps people with everything from resume writing to um, free safety tickets as well as other helping services in the community. I want to tell you a couple of stories about food bank clients because all of this is really about helping people in our community. Elena is a mother of two who arrived from the Ukraine 10 months ago. Her husband remains in the Ukraine. People have been very kind to her and she appreciates everyone's help and support. She works full time and pays full market rent. From time to time she has difficulty paying her expenses, and will turn to the food bank. Another client is Peter and his wife, who've gone through some difficult times. They have separated, separated and he has custody of their three children. Two are in school and one is preschool. He's challenged with paying credit card bills and child care. From time to time, he turns to the food bank to help with those transitions. As you all know, I could talk forever about the work of them the food bank, But that's not why we're here today. I'm so pleased to welcome the Minister of Seniors and Community Social Services Jason Nixon to share some important news today. Thank you.
1: Well thank you for that Marjorie. Are we okay on the microphone? Awesome. Uh, I'm excited to be here today at the Edmonton Food Bank for an important announcement. I think it's no surprise to anybody that we continue to see strong affordability challenges all across the country and frankly all across the world, driven by an inflation crisis that has been compounded by uh, government policies uh, that uh, should be changed and global issues that are out of control of all of our governments. Uh, And What that has led to is really the price of living, the cost of living continuing to increase all across Canada and here in Alberta, making it harder for Albertans to make ends meet. It's why. Alberta's, proud to, Alberta's government has been proud to invest so much in being able to help with the affordability challenge. We're proud to say that we are the most significant investor of any province when it comes directly towards dealing with affordability, with $5.1 billion going towards uh, measures to be able to help Albertans pay their bills uh, by the end of this year. Everything from removing the fuel tax to uh, credits on electricity bills, to indexing our social services payments are all measures that Alberta has taken to be able to attempt to address and to help Albertans deal with this affordability challenge. One of those challenges is food. Uh, It's becoming harder and harder to be able to buy groceries and often Albertans are having to choose between paying rent and or buying food and that challenge uh, is continuing to become more significant which is why we have already invested millions of dollars with our food bank partners all across uh, the province And I'd like to take a a moment and just actually recognize them first before I get to my announcement today. Uh, This work would not be possible without food banks like we have uh, here today. Obviously, Marjorie and her team here at the Edmonton Food Bank, as well with us today is Shauna from the Alberta Food Bank, which you'll hear from shortly, and Melissa from Calgary. But on top of those three food banks, we have hundreds of food banks all across this province that work diligently, each and every day, to be able to help us accomplish our goal and to be able to help Albertans facing food security challenges. Which is why today I'm proud to say that Alberta's government will be immediately providing another $10 million in support for food banks to combat uh, food insecurity all across the province. Specifically, $3.7 million is going to food banks uh, as well as our partners in SCSS who are helping us with grant support uh, immediately. Some of it is already left, the rest will immediately flow from my department. An additional $4.1 million will be allocated through food security grants and applications. Uh, throughout this month of November, uh, which will be open uh, shortly on alberta.ca, and then $2.2 million will be provided to food banks Alberta to develop a program to coordinate the needs of food banks during emergencies. We saw an unprecedented year of emergencies with the wildfire season, uh, and we do see a need to continue to be able to work in a more formal way to be able to help food banks be able to make, help us be able to meet the needs of Alberta in emergency situations. We continue as a government to be committed to, as my mandate letter says, uh, provide adequate and long-term funding for our food bank partners, and we'll continue to look for other ways that we can continue to partner with those important organizations to meet our objectives as a province and make Albertans' life a little bit easier. I would be amiss if I did not talk briefly about uh, the carbon tax and the desire of our province, and I think many other provinces, to see the federal government remove the carbon tax when it comes to, uh, or or at least recognize in some way the impact of the carbon tax on fuel costs and other affordability circumstances all across uh, the country. Bank of Canada confirmed just last week that if the carbon tax was eliminated, we would see our inflation rate decrease by 16%. The single biggest impact to food costs right now in our country is coming from the increase to fuel costs. uh, And that's because Everywhere from the farm to transportation to grocery stores to grocery stores themselves are impacted by that carbon tax, and we really will continue to call on the federal government uh, to join our ambition in making things a little bit easier for Albertans as we face this unprecedented challenge. In the meantime, we will continue to invest, uh, as I said, $5.1 billion in affordability measures to do our part to make life uh, better for Albertans, but we cannot do that without our partners. And so today I would also like to ask Shauna from the Alberta Food Bank to come up and say a few words about our announcement today and the important work that they're doing.
2: Thank you to Minister Nixon. Hard to follow up some of that call. Every food bank within this province is as unique and distinctive as the community in which it served. They all, however, share one commonality and that is a commitment to ensure children, families, seniors, and individuals do not leave their spaces hungry. This announcement today is about food, but just as importantly it is about ensuring access to food, regardless of where you live within our province. This funding will support community food banks as they support their own with compassion, consideration, efficiency and effectiveness. It will fuel the trucks that deliver food in rural and remote areas where transportation is a barrier. It will purchase the refrigeration to ensure fresh milk and eggs to children whose access to such things is limited. It will heat and light the safe spaces small town Alberta food banks provide to people needing not only food but also community connection, resources and understanding. Food bank usage in Alberta continues to rise year after year with food insecurity remaining a serious and pervasive issue. There is no one solution to addressing complex social problems such as this, but all solutions require the kind of cooperation and collaboration we are seeing today as government, organizations, and community come together to address the need. Regardless of whether they occupy a church basement, a warehouse, or are tucked away in a donated corner of a town hall, each and every food bank in this province is committed to making the most out of what they have been given as they safeguard and support the wellness of their communities and its members. Through donations of food, everyday Albertans show their commitment to feed their neighbors. Through provisions of funding such as this, the Government of Alberta shows their commitment to feed the organizations and communities that work tirelessly on behalf of those in need. Thank you.
3: Donna. This, is, um, this is a welcome announcement, and it's, it's really wonderful to be here. Um, food banks like the Calgary Food Bank have been operating for the last four decades in our province, backed by our communities for our communities. And while well, I'm really grateful to be here today and to have an announcement like this that supports us in so many ways, I wish we didn't have to be here. Since 2019, the Calgary Food Bank has seen a 140% increase in client visits. In just the last year, we have seen an over 30% increase in client visits. We are seeing the impact of our cost of living crisis every single day, where access to nutritious food is becoming increasingly unattainable for people who otherwise would never have imagined that they would need this help. The financial commitment that our provincial government has spoken about today is going to enable us to ensure that we support food insecure Albertans, so that they don't have to worry about where their next meal will come from. A basic fundamental need for everyone. We know that things are especially challenging right now because when we look at where our clients are coming from, it is more diverse than ever before. In the last year, we've seen a 34% increase in working Albertans coming to our food bank in Calgary. That is folks who are working every day and just can't make ends meet. Families or parents are skipping meals that their children can eat. And we've seen more than a 30% of our clients as newcomers to our country, folks who have come from war-torn areas like the Ukraine, looking for a better life, and yet they can't put food on their tables. Everyone who walks through our doors relies on us to be there for their difficult times. And as Albertans, I know that it is in our genome that we simply do not leave others behind. We can't be there for our clients if we're not working together with government, with our sector colleagues, with our community, with our donors and with our clients. And as we respond to these increases in demand and these complex needs during this time, we are so grateful to have a provincial government who is responsive to our needs. This additional $10 million will build upon previous provincial support that will help us to respond swiftly to these increases in demand that we are seeing. And we hope to continue to work together to meet these immediate and urgent needs as we think innovatively of how we can ensure sustainable ways to support our communities into the future in keeping with our core values of by community for community. Thank you so much, Edmonton Food Bank and Marjorie for hosting us today. It's so wonderful to be in this environment and see these volunteers working so diligently behind us to help their community. We'll now move to questions from the media. We'll start with reporters here in the room. If you could state your name and your outlet, we'll do one question, one follow-up, and then we'll move to the phone line. First question.
1: unprecedented challenge across the province, correct? I, uh, I would not argue that uh, one investment inside three banks will deal with uh, our overall challenge. What I will say though is that we are committed to investing in a significant way. Uh, we as government have to choose the best way to be able to utilize resources to have the most significant impact. Uh, again, Alberta has spent more than any, of any other province in the country on tackling affordability with a $5.1 billion investment, which is unprecedented anywhere. Uh, as far as I know in North America and we will continue to do so. Uh, this is building on some investments that have already been made in the food bank sector. We were the first government in Alberta to actually invest directly in food banks. Um, we've got about $26 billion invested in food banks so far over the last year and a half, maybe just slightly longer than that. Uh, and it's in my mandate letter to be committed to making sure that we have long-term adequate funding through And so as we go in the next fiscal year, we'll have a look at uh, what needs to be adjusted to be able to achieve that ambition. With that said, we saw some great results last time that we invested $10 million in food banks and we're anticipating that we will uh, we'll see the same going forward with this money.
4: Just as a follow-up to that one, I guess I meant more on the frame of like not just money. Like, you know, we see grocery store prices and stuff like that. I'm not, it's,
1: let me know if you want to you know. It's, it's, why I, uh, uh, it's why I brought up the carbon tax again today. That's only one policy issue. But well, we know that there is one measure that could be removed, whether permanently and or temporarily, by the federal government that could reduce our inflation rate by 16% overnight. We can't ignore that. The reality is that the hardest thing for us to adapt to uh, is on when it comes to combating inflation and affordability crisis is food. Some of the other areas that we see, particularly fuel costs or heating costs or electricity costs, the government has some direct leverage. When it comes to food, we don't. Uh, And the number one way that we can make things more affordable when it comes to food is to lower the cost of fuel. The reality is that everything comes in our society either by truck and or train. uh, And so if we can get our our fuel costs down, we can be able to help uh, every Albertan, including food banks, uh, be able to have a little better price at the grocery store.
4: It sounds like your team has crunched the numbers essentially in terms of how much you have invested and plan to invest. As far as how far that $10 million will go, do you have any idea of how long that will last? Maybe the food bank could also speak to this and yeah. Yes.
1: well I'll, I'll, I'll ask anybody from either of the food banks here if they would like to elaborate uh, on, on the impact on their, their organization. Uh, we do know that this is going to touch all of the uh, permanent food banks that we have across the province and have an impact on each of their operations in a different way. I mean the, thing of, the cool part about food banks is you have everything from here very large Food bank here in Edmonton, and you go back into my my hometown of Sundry, The food bank will look very, very different, but it's still absolutely critical for our, our community. And so, different amounts will impact each of these organizations in different ways. Uh, but it'll be a, it's a clear statement and a clear emphasis that uh, that partnership that we started about a year and a half ago with food banks is going to continue, and that the Alberta government wants to continue to stand side by side with food banks as they do their important work. And I don't know if uh, any of you guys want to add about impact to your organization.
4: Because, I mean, at the end of the day, just like parents, they all have grocery bills. You know how much money is, so just, like, some real numbers would be great. How a
1: length. So, they're, they're scared to speak specifically to the rural people and make sure they don't check it, but I can do those. I can commit that we'll quickly follow up with you right after this. Great. Make sure we're giving you an accurate number. Great.
3: Yeah. Next question.
2: Okay, if we don't have any more questions in the room, we'll move, oh. I'm Amy from CVC French. Uh, maybe more for the uh, food banks, but Christmas is coming. Do you think it's going to be enough for you like this money? i follow up a little bit on your question, but
0: <laughs> So earlier in my comments, I tried to demonstrate the uh, volume of people coming through Amitya's food bank and the enormous need we're seeing as well as, of course, Uh, Calgary is seeing uh, more and more people coming to them and rural food banks are seeing that growing demand. I think that um, this beautiful gift from the province of Alberta will help bridge us and provide some much needed support as we're going through these challenges, but it doesn't take away from the important work and contributions of our volunteers, for example, that are packing hampers, or food or money donors that are helping us each and every day do the work that we are doing. I, I think, again, it speaks to that pooling and that commitment um, to try to address food security that we're all working together with. And we're really pleased that the province of Alberta is working with us to make that um, a relationship as well as you know, make an impact on the lives of people that we're serving each and
4: every day. Do you have a follow-up? No more questions in the
1: room. I'll, oh, okay. I'll add one thing that yeah, actually I could. I, I think that that emphasis on the importance of non-government organizations like we're in today, uh, as well as the volunteers, is something that our government wants to to uh, advertise and be very loud about. It's something that Alberta should be proud about. We have some of the largest volunteer numbers anywhere in the country. And as we go into Christmas, we know we depend on these organizations and their volunteer base and their donor base to, be able to help us be able to meet our social obligations across the country. Uh, I got to be the executive director of Mustache in Calgary for many years, and I can tell you we depended on our 11,000 volunteers and the government to work together to be able to accomplish our goals, which is why you continue to see Alberta, Alberta's government work with organizations like this rather than to try and tackle these problems ourselves. Next question. Hey, Travis McCune, CBC News, Edmonton. Uh, you talked about federal policy being a big part of this and basically preventing people from coming to the food banks. And this morning, uh, Jagmeet Singh ended up
2: talking about giving. He proposed basically giving more power to the Competition Bureau so that there is
1: more competitive prices at the big grocery chains. Is that something you would like to see, or why or why not? I'm always happy uh, to see the Competition Bureau making sure things are fair are fair for consumers. We, we encourage that to take place when we made the decision to remove the fuel tax in Alberta to make sure that consumers are being treated fair at the pump. But I want to be clear, the single biggest thing that can be done tomorrow is not another committee, not another meeting. Justin Trudeau can immediately go in the House of Commons and at least temporarily spend things like the carbon tax to help Albertans pay uh, for food, uh, for heat, for their fuel. Uh, this is impacting the cost of uh, all of our lives. Again, that number, 16% immediate reduction in our inflation rate is something that the government cannot ignore for much longer. So I do hope all of our federal colleagues uh, immediately look at that and let's let's come together and give Canadians the best Christmas present ever which is remove this tax and it's really impacting our bills right now. Do you have a follow-up? Yeah, for the food bank folks here, we heard it in the speeches a little bit,
2: but if you can kind of answer how you see this money being used to make an impact for your organization's kind of the day-to-day or long-term?
3: There's a few different ways that food banks can access these funds. So there's some funding that goes to the day-to-day and then there's some funding for emergent needs and also some funding that allows us to perhaps look at some innovative ways um, to look at our operations and do things differently. So I think that's just such a great multifaceted approach that it's not just the band-aid of fees today, but that there's different mechanisms with which we can apply for this money, that we're looking at things differently. On on the day-to-day, with with the immediate needs funding that we're receiving, honestly, we're just at a point where every bit helps. And so, I think that this funding will just be put to good use in terms of food purchase and supplies to feed Albertans at the end of the day.
4: Um, Just on that note, sorry. Just on that note, has anything changed in the last year or six months when that you guys have changed? I mean, you've never seen a demand like this in your ever in any of the food banks even stuff like how you pack foxes or how much food you give for family, like has anything changed to, I guess, evolve or accommodate this crazy uh, amount of people? I'm six months on the job, so I'm going to let Marjorie.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, um, people have been very kind to us as an organization, both with their kind donations of food or money or time. The challenge we've had as an organization is the number of agencies approaching us for food as well as the number of people coming to us for food. So at the beginning of last year and we were very transparent with the broader community, we did make some programming changes. So we changed the, the size of the hampers slightly to, to, and modified them. So that we could keep up with this growing demand, we also were a little bit clearer about expectations about the agencies that were coming to us um, and accessing food from us. So we would have more transparency and accountability for uh, food that was going back out in the community. So we had to make some changes um, and, you know, cr- increase hours of operation. Those kind of things have been slowly increasing. Um, over time, and we've doubled the staff to an outstanding number of four um, in our Beyond Food program to accommodate, uh, for example, um, Ukrainians and other people that are coming, looking for free safety tickets and uh, resume support and stuff like that. So we have been making changes to hopefully try to address this growing um, need in our community.
4: We'll move to the phones now.
0: Operator,
2: could I get the first caller, please? Jonathan Bradley,
4: Western Standard. Hello, Minister Nixon. Thank you for taking my question. My first question for you is you said you want to have the carbon tax removed to reduce the demand on food banks, but you said there's other policies you want to change What are those other policies?
1: Uh, I broke up half that question, so I'm going to give you one more chance for you to do it because it broke up. I couldn't hear it.
3: Could you, um, so, do you so mind?
1: My... Okay,
3: Jonathan, I can follow up with you. So. There
1: you are, Jonathan. We can hear you now. Okay, perfect.
0: Okay, perfect.
1: So my question, my question for you
0: is, you said that there's various policies the
1: King government, government has proposed
4: that are affecting, affecting food, prices.
1: food
4: prices aside from a carbon, a tax, carbon tax, what other policies do you want changed? change?
1: Well, so, uh, we'll start with a couple other areas I think on food, just head back to the agriculture end of uh, our food chain. Uh, speaking as a large rural I'm Riding MLA who represents a lot of farmers, we continue to see a lot of red tape aspects taking place on the farm that I think could ultimately impact the cost at grocers. Uh, But the reality, and I just want to emphasize, the the number one thing is the carbon tax. This is what is costing us so much to be able to create food uh, compared to other jurisdictions. That does not mean inflation will go away. It will still remain a challenge. And the demands that we're seeing in our food banks will continue to remain a challenge. But we have a tool right now that can reduce inflation by 16% overnight, and the federal government government took action, including on food. You know, if we didn't have to pay so much to dry grain already this year, because of the carbon tax, we would be seeing break go down already.
4: Jonathan, do you have a follow-up? Yes. So right now, the, the King government is kind of uncertain. It's uncertain about the future of the carbon tax. Do you believe the carbon tax will be repealed by this end by the end of this year? Why or why not?
1: Well, I don't. Uh uh, it's hard for me to speak for the federal liberals. They obviously don't call me up for advice, though I've been giving them advice in the carbon tax for a long time, particularly in my previous role as Minister of Environment. Uh, so I don't know what they're going to do. I do think, though, that what you've seen is them cave on this issue in places like the Maritimes when it comes to heating of homes. That is a recognition by the federal government that the carbon tax is impacting people paying their bills. And so what I do know is that, that the federal government should apply the carbon tax fairly across the country. So that means they should at the very least immediately remove the carbon tax on heating fuels in any province in this country or territory. And I do know that if the federal government was truly trying to help Canadians deal with affordability payments, that they remove the carbon tax altogether.
3: And I think that's all the questions that we have over the phone. Thank you, everyone.